You're listening to Gizmonic Institute's radio. In the not-too-distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MSD3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched to the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odd says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Cosmonic Institute's radio. You know how people say breakfast turbocharges your metabolism? Uh-huh. Hey, totally false. You can't turbocharge your metabolism by eating a meal when you wake up. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. So what meal is it then? Lunch? Yes. Then why does everyone think breakfast is the most important meal of the day? Because there is a huge corporate interest vested in breakfast. I mean, breakfast is a thing. You can only eat breakfast foods at breakfast, like cereal and pancakes. Have you ever eaten steak or potatoes for breakfast? Or a ham sandwich? Of course not. That would be insane. But there are giants of industry selling food just for breakfast that want you to believe that skipping breakfast could lead to morbid obesity and crippling diabetes. Is it just me, or have you become a lot more conspiratorial in the last few weeks? Uh, Nolbot, don't ignore the facts. Breakfast is a sham. Wait, what facts is Nolbot ignoring? You've just kind of been rambling without offering any supporting arguments. See, that's the thing. There are no facts to support my argument because Big Breakfast is covering them up. They're in with the government. Think about it. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, drugs and food, two of the most addictive substances known to man, controlled by the government. Am I not making myself clear? Uh, Seth, this coffee brewed is quite delicious. I've got to say, I'm really enjoying the taste and smell up you downloaded from the Odd Store for me. Bravo, good sir. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I found that if I sprinkle just a teeny bit of salt on the grounds, it really opens the coffee up for a more pure flavor. Salt, really? No kidding. Wow. So, shouldn't Dr. Rod be calling us about now? Yeah, it certainly seems like he should be. Oh, hey, it's Dr. Odd calling. Well, I guess we better get ready to speak with him about stuff before our audio log. I love it. This is my favorite part of the week? Month? Guys, my internal clock stopped working long ago. How often do you talk to Dr. Odd anyway? I have no idea. I thought it was a daily occurrence. No, it's sporadic. Time has no meaning any longer. We sometimes see the sun rise and set five times before we fall asleep, so keeping track of Dr. Odd's schedule is pretty foolish if you ask me. Guys, I'm looking on the screen, but there's no one there. Did we call him accidentally or something? No, I distinctly heard his introductory sound, which means he had to have called us, and yet, nothing. No, wait, there he is. Hey, died, Dr. Odd. I, I know I left that sandwich around here somewhere. Where else could I have left it? I didn't take it with me into the bathroom. That would be disgusting. Dr. Odd, hello, we're here. The three of us were ready for you to tell us how dumb we are. Yeah, and how much you hate robots. Oh, wait, there's some mustard. So it must be around here. Aha! Nope. That is not a sandwich, but instead a rubber dog toy shaped to resemble a sandwich. Well, I guess I could read the newspaper while I wait. Uh, yes, the Daily Rover, filled with hard-hitting journalism. No, wait, that is also a rubber dog toy. Only this one is shaped like a rolled-up newspaper and not a sandwich. Where is my head gone today? Guys, he has no idea he turned on his comm screen. Yeah, he must have muted it on his side, too. Hey, can you hear us? Oh, it's definitely on mute. This is kind of weird. I'm sort of enjoying this uninvited peek into Dr. Odd's life. I never realized he had so many dog toys that resembled other things. I want to say he keeps them around for his werewolf butlers, but giving them toys isn't his style. Yeah, that's not cruel or diabolical. Uh, not having my sandwich is totally making me insane. Did I leave it over there? Perhaps if I turn around to look, I will uncover the whereabouts of my gosh darn sandwich. OMG! 
Gee, guys, look. Sandwiches on his back. This is incredible. Oh, wow. It totally is. How did it even get there? Oh, I wonder. Oh, I have no idea, but this is cracking me up. Okay, okay. Retrace your steps. You made the sandwich and came into this room to set up the call to the station to talk with those three imbeciles. Then you went to the closet to get your science coat, but you hang it back up when the phone rang. So after you got off the phone with your mother, you got your coat, used the bathroom, came in here. This third person thing he's doing is almost ruining my mirthfulness. Ed is having a sandwich stuck to his back. You know what he did? He hung up the sandwich when he hung his coat back up. Oh my god, he did! He hung up the sandwich! Yeah, but who hangs up a sandwich? Even absentmindedly, that makes very little sense. This window into which we're all looking, the window into the daily life of Dr. Odd, is kind of freaking me out. I prefer to know him only as the bumbling madman who kidnapped us and launched us into outer space in a failed plot to torture us. Seeing him wander around his lab, talking about phoning his mom and having a sandwich attached to him without his knowledge is just weird. I don't want to see how the sausage is made, you know? Oh, there you go talking about breakfast again! <laughs> oh, jeez. Breakfast? Sometimes for dinner, but not all. I spent all day making the sausage for that sandwich. Ah, forget it. Although I am really hungry. I'll just have Jeeves make me a new... Wait a minute. There it is on my back. How did it get there? Of course. This jacket is the one I was putting on when the phone rang. The jacket has a built-in sandwich magnet. Ah, surely as Frederick Odd, you are the bitter end. Whoops, now my sandwich is on the floor. A five second rule, whatever. Yum, yum, oh, and bite. Yum. Right now, I'm kind of wishing you hadn't installed the app that allows me to experience disgust. Julius Frederick? Really? Now to call those jerk faces in space. Let me just unmute the speakers and click the call button here and. Oh, oh no. Julius! Shut up! No one calls me that except my mother. You can call me Dr. Rod, or if you like T-Bone, which was my frat name at Mad Science College, but never Julius. How much of what just happened did you see? Nothing really, uh... Yeah, barely any of your adventure finding your sandwich. Total embarrassment is washing over me now. Wave upon wave of shame is just crashing over me. How much did you see of me snuggling with my wooby? What's your wooby? My blink. Nothing? Uh, did you see anything? Just the whole sandwich thing play out, but tell me more about this whoopee. No, enough. W- were you going to say blanket? Tell me that's what your whoopee is. Please, oh great and powerful space lord, tell me you were snuggling with a blanket and that you call it a whoopee. I know I haven't been alive for very long, but this is already the best day of my entire life. Ah, yes, yes, ha ha ha. Everyone's got the jokes. Woohoo! Jokes and jokes and jokes. Yes, laugh at Dr. Rod talking about a wooby. Well, I will have you know that wooby is not a blanket, so put that in your space pipes and smoke them. You were distinctly saying blanket before your self-editing overrides kicked in and stopped you at the very last syllable. You can't fool us, dude ham. Wooby is not a blanket. Only babies have blankets and I am not a baby. Eh, the jig is up, Dr. Rod. We already know you have a blanket. You call wooby, so just admit it. Okay, you... You want to know what? I have this incredible burning desire to kill all of you right now, and it is well within my power. But I won't because I don't want you three to shuffle off this mortar coil, thinking that I, one of mad science's premier practitioners, would have a baby's blanket that I snuggle with. No, not at all. So if you must know the truth, Wobby is... Uh... Yes? Wobby is a... Uh-huh. It's a... Uh... Oh, sorry, when I turn there. A blankly staring, body-length Japanese anime pillow, okay? Oh, dear lord. Not that! God is dead. <laughs> so there. Yes, I was snuggling with my Wobby, but Wobby happens to be a sexually subjective print of an anime alien girl on a five-foot-long pillowcase. I'm glad I was able to bring you such terror and repulsion. The upper hand is mine again. Mine! ha ha ha! We should do the audio log, like, right now. Yeah, I agree 100%. This isn't fun anymore. Ugh. Okay, gotta get the shutters out so we can talk about this week's uh, Shake it movie. Out. Shake yeah. it out. 
Um, this week we uh, watched MST3K episode eight, the slime people. Yeah, oh yes, we did. Yeah. Well, tried to. Well, we did watch. We had to. This movie was boring. It was so boring. It was so boring. I just want to put that out on the table. Yeah, I think it's important to note. Like, MST3K is our favorite TV show, and we had to take several runs at this movie to keep from falling asleep. Yeah. Sure. While watching it, yeah, it was so bad. It was, and I feel like Joel and the bots weren't enjoying themselves either. No, they were good though; they had good riffs. They were good, but it felt like their pacing was down, and 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 everything was off. The riffs were there, but it just they weren't as as wild and woolly. There, it was just there were so many parts of this movie that where there was so much fog that like these <laughs> movies, the, the nothing ever happens in the dialogue anyway. But when you can't see anything that's going on either, and it's just people like grunting mm. in fog, it's oh, it, it was so bad. It was. It was <sighs> oh, and there's also another commando, Cody. Hooray! Which I I feel that everyone involved with our show and MST3K and probably the people involved with making Commando Cody at the time are just done. Yeah, they're just done with Commando Cody. Yeah, it f- kind of felt like that. Um, they were dropping bombs out of a Cessna, you know. Yeah. Into a volcano. An active volcano. Oh, it was an inactive volcano, and it made it active. Oh, I get it. Bombs are like activators for volcanoes. Oh. Yeah, I hate oh. Commando Cody now. I was... I, I don't understand the markability of a serial. Please explain this to me. Well, it- it's... Because, you know, like I said in previous audio logs, there was nothing else to do in the 50s except for, you know, hate crimes. But they didn't have words for hate crimes yet other than just being alive. Yeah. So, but the thing I don't understand is how are you supposed to market something that, like, so you show you show the first episode in front of a movie and people are like, oh, yeah, okay, Commander Cody. And then you show the second episode in front of a different movie and they come back and see it and they're like, yeah, Commander Cody's back. And then the third episode and they come see it and they're like, okay commander cody and then you get to like what is this like the seventh episode sixth episode yeah with that dumb serial and then by that time people are like hey hey, uh guy in the ticket office let me put out my cigarette in this ashtray that's everywhere and Mm -hmm. ask you if uh is this movie have a commander cody short at the beginning and the guy behind the ticket office is like well yes sir it it sure is because everyone he's he is an old vaudeville he's very old timey yeah he is um, even for the 1950s even, and even 40s. For the 50s. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, yes, actually, it sure does. Features Commando Cody and the stupid Bridge of Doom volcano. And uh, people are like, okay, I'm not going to see this movie. I'm going to spend this nickel elsewhere, maybe yep. on a, a prostitute. <laughs> it was popular <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and I think maybe the first six times the fake out. Um, cliffhanger ending might have brought people back into the seats the next week. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think people were really that stupid in the 50s that they wouldn't have yeah. figured out, like, after the sixth time, like, hey, you know, he jumped out of a car that exploded. Yeah. Or, excuse me, he, uh, the car exploded and he and went off a cliff, so how did and- he jump out of the car? Like, what is the last episode going to be? Is it going to be like, you know, the cliffhanger at the end of last week's episode is Commando... This week it was like them throwing a Commando Cody dummy off a cliff. Yeah. Um, So it's like the next episode, it's like uh, Funeral of the Doomed, and it's just like Commando Cody in a coffin, and like the Martians take over Earth. Is that the end game for this? Hopefully. Yeah, at this point. You know, you could feel that... They weren't even excited. Uh, I mean, the nipple, nipple tweak was more just like a nipple tweak from, Fly, from Servo. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, how many other ways can they think of this guy to die? Like, they're let, let's list them so far. They're gonna melt him with magma. Yeah. Um, I think he was just gonna get regular shot at one point. Yep. Maybe with a ray gun, or just maybe with a regular gun. A regular gun. Yeah. Um. Uh, he was drove off a cliff. Yes. He drove off a bridge. Oh, that was in a bridge. Bridge cliff. Yeah, it was the Bridge of Death was, was the name yeah. of the episode. Um, there was Murder Car, where he Mur- almost got murdered by a car. Yep. Um, there, he, they threw him off a cliff. Um, and I assume he survives after that one, even though we, we don't really know. Yeah, it's, it's not, not working compelling. anymore. No. I'm not fooled. Yeah. But, hey, you know what's even worse than 
another Commando Cody short, which we'll probably inevitably have to watch. What's that? Slime People. Yeah, Slime People was bad. It was oh, really so bad. bad. Yeah. Um, so, okay, some facts about this movie. It was released in 1963. Um, it was made for an estimated budget of about $56,000. Again, which, that was, in today's money, hundreds of millions of dollars. I, in 1963, I don't... I don't like if we're we're talking twenty years earlier, maybe, but no, 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 no. fifty six thousand. I just looked it up on the odd inflation calculator. Fifty six thousand dollars in nineteen sixty three is one hundred and seventy two trillion dollars in today's okay. money. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that Doctor Odd might not be good with decimals. No, but I, this is the only thing that I can quote from for a fact. Well, we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to guesstimate then. Sure. So we'll guesstimate at $156,000. Okay. In today's Okay. Money. Yes. Um, so uh, over half of that budget that they spent on this movie, the $56,000, went to designing and creating the Slime People costumes. Which was money well spent. Yes, because you could see them so well through all the fog all in the, fog. the movie. Yeah. The movie had all the fog in the world in it. Yeah. Yeah. It and was... also, the, you know, they spent – so you – so essentially, they spent uh, half of a fifty-six thousand dollar budget, which is yes. um, what uh, seventy-two thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. And on, <laughs> Again, on making, we'll just, uh, we'll just guesstimate. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> guesstimating there. Slime right. people costumes, um, which looked neither slimy nor like people. Yeah. I they, lizard people maybe. Maybe like li- fish rock fish people. Coelacanth. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's an old fish. Cloaca? Cloaca. That's something else, I think. That a slime person probably has. Yeah. Right, um, but there was, they weren't slimy. Yeah, so, okay, here's a question for you. So you, you have $56,000, and you take an estimated um, half of that, which we decided was either 28000 or 72000 70, yeah. Yeah, um, and so you, you take that money, and you spend it on making these, these bad costumes that you're going to cover up with fog. Uh, and then, so what do you do with the rest of your money? Yeah, I have an answer for you. If I was uh, if I was director Robert Hutton, I spend it on the first nine days of shooting, and then <laughs> run out of it, and then make everyone finish the movie without getting paid. Yeah, including myself. Wow. Because because you know how I can do this. Not only am I the director, but I'm also the star of the movie. Yeah, he's got a so, lot of clout. Yeah, bravo, Robert Hutton. Bravo. Yeah, man. Uh, That's got a – man, nine days how, – so how many days of shooting were there after that? I'm going to estimate between probably another nine days and two years. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. <laughs> that's 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 a good estimate. It's yeah. probably somewhere in – I would imagine that for for people to have noted that they had to finish the movie without getting paid, it probably wasn't just another couple of days. Yeah. That's it was true. probably a majority I, of the shooting time. Were they just hoping this movie was going to make so much money in the theater? I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, wow. You'd have to be insane writer-director slash star Robert Hutton wow. in order to know what he expected out of this crazy movie. Hey, but he did cut costs where he could. Um, a majority of the movie, when it wasn't filmed in all of the world's fog, uh, was filmed in a butcher shop that was owned by his dad. There you go. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to film a movie in a butcher shop? Owned by your daddy? Yeah. <laughs> daddy, can I can I use the butcher shop? I'm making a movie about slime people. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I, you got a real would, job yet? Like, do you think I sat in a trench in France fighting the Jerry's so you could ruin my butcher shop with your stupid slime people? The costumes don't come in here. Well, how are we supposed to just put them in fog? I don't care. <laughs> Scary. And that was where the entire plot evolved from. <laughs> yeah. The the whole purpose of this movie was for him to prove to his dad that uh, he could be a filmmaker. Well, that's too bad that he broke his dad's heart then. Yeah. And parts of the butcher shop, too. <laughs> oh, this movie was so bad. It was just fog in a butcher shop, and then there was, like, a educational film in the middle of it. Yeah. It created, like, specifically for the movie. Man. Oh, was, I hate uh, this so much. I don't think people understand how bad this movie really is. We can't even describe it accurately. 
And the understanding that they had of science in this movie was, like, I would understand if, like, this movie was written in 5 AD, and then they just filmed it in 1963. Right. But it literally was like, oh, uh, here's, like, some chemical compounds, and, like, and here's sodium chloride, and all the characters like, what's that? What's that? I've never heard of sodium chloride. Sounds dangerous, Doc. It's common table salt. Oh, jeez. Uh, Which, and, man. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore, but I do need you to get out your grandfather's stopwatch. Oh, hold and, on a uh, second. Let me... And give me a 20-second recap timing. I'm so glad I started wearing this old-timey vest with this pocket. Yeah. For it was going to tell you it watch. looks good. Thank you. I don't know where it came from, but I just found it in the closet. Hey, you know, it's it's better than just these regular jumpsuits. And also, did it come with the wax you're using in your mustache, or was that... Oh, no, other... I've, I carry that with me. Okay. Right. It gives the twirl that I'm looking for. Yeah. I, You know, we should uh, we should look around, see if we can find you, a, like, some sort of stovepipe hat, maybe? <gasps> oh, yeah. A cape? This is becoming dangerously close to steampunk. A brooch? And that's almost as bad as Dr. Odd... Being a, an anime, uh, yeah. Or, okay, you reminded me. Sorry. You know, <clears throat> hey, if, you want to do a twenty-second recap? Wasn't a bummer enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Hit me. All right, and go. A guy flies a plane over the ocean and crash lands it, but he doesn't really crash it, and he meets a bunch of other people, and then some of them die, and then they decide to throw salt at a invisible f- fog wall, and it's just dumb and everything, and then the everyone wins, and the slime people die. Wow. That was efficient. 14.6 seconds. More efficient than this dumb movie. I got angry in the middle of that. Yeah, I, I Did you hear that? I just really I, feel it. I had to really think about this movie, and I just, I just got it. I, I got, got angry mad. listening to you recap it when I realized that all that it did was director star Robert Hutton one day went into the garden and put some salt on slugs and said, hey. Hey. I can what make that. What if these that. slugs were a wall? Yeah. God, this movie's dumb. Ugh, I hate it. It's so bad. Oh, and well, it was so dumb that even even MST3K couldn't save it. I know. I know. It was a bummer. It was a yeah. bummer. Let's let's talk about the episode so we can okay. get our minds off this movie. Okay. Well, um okay. So there there are a couple important things that uh, happened it, 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 for us in this episode. So, okay, there's the opening pre-commercial segment. Yeah. Um Joel is back in his smoking jacket yes. again, which it's like it's like they heard us watching it now, and they heard our request for more smoking jacket Joel. Yeah, and then from the future, yes, they use their time ears to hear that, and then in the past they put it in the show because it's amazing. I love the, I love time ears. Yeah, um, you That's know, something we need to flesh out. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, pitch that one to Doctor Odd. Maybe okay. he'll do something with that. Um, I don't want him listening to our future secrets though, so maybe not. Maybe let's do that on our own. Let's talk to Nolbot about it. Sure. Oh, absolutely. We'll have some skunk works, like, time ears kind of thing going on on the side. Hey, uh, so you know what's even better than Joel in a smoking jacket? Uh, what would that be? Um, all the robots in smoking jackets, too. (laughs) It was the best. Yeah, it really was the best. Um, which, uh, okay, so this brings me to something that we noticed. So as they're going to commercial, Joel hits the button. Mm-hmm. And then reaches down, grabs something, pops it into his mouth, and eats it. Yeah, we're like, oh, that was that was weirdly nonchalant. Like, yeah, <laughs> was he just real hungry when he filmed this? He's like, all right, segment's over, time to eat. Um, so they do the next segment, the uh, the first segment, the invention exchange. Which uh, remind me, what are the inventions in the invention exchange this week? Uh, well, Joel has the uh, glasses for people who are quote studying to be cartoon characters, which is. <laughs> They look kind of weird and creepy, but they're inflatable eyes that pop out um, when something you know outrageous happens, like yeah, a cartoon. The rest of his face has such a good expression. Yeah, he that does it, it so makes well. It, yeah, his I, mouth I, is like oh. He didn't have a name for him though. What would you? I don't know. There was no name. Okay, how about this? Oogly eyes. Love it because you oogle and yes. like googly eyes. It's yes. Yeah. And he kept doing it, and it kept getting funnier every time. Yeah, because it, it was yeah, it was great. It was a good invention. You know, the Mads, uh, on the other hand, um, 
They genetically engineered cotton candy that would uh, scream when you eat it. <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> why that was so funny to me, but it really was. It was like a Muppet, um, a cotton candy Muppet that would just scream every time they took a bite. Well, because the way it worked was was uh, J. Elvis Weinstein would take a bite down in this candy corn and then scream into it and then open up, like, the puppet mouth. Yeah. And, I it, again, just as Joel's mouth made the oogly eye glasses, <laughs> yes. uh, J. Elvis Weinstein's eyes, because they got super big when yeah. he was screaming into the cotton candy, it, I think it made... It, he just looked he looked like an insane person. Yeah. And it made me laugh. Ew, bravo. So, uh, after Invention Exchange, um, the, you know, the Mad Zoo like, oh, you're going to watch this movie now, and then the new movie sign, Joel hits a button again, pops something in his mouth. And yeah. He's so, eating again. Yeah. And then we notice the next segment, uh, segment's over, Joel hits a button, pops something in his mouth, eats it. Yeah. So what's up with this? What's up with this? And and so our question is, how long has he been doing this? So I rewatched The Robot Monster, um, which is the episode right before this. What do you think? I'm, I'm going to let you you be the judge. Do you think he did it in this episode? I have no recollection of this ever happening before. Well, he did. What? The robot monster. He hits a button, pops something into his mouth, and eats it. Wow. I, I went need back. to go get some duct tape from the maintenance bay because my mind has been blown. Whoa, good burn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good joke. Uh, I uh, I went back one more episode and uh, rewatched a couple segments from The Crawling Hand. Guess what? Jill hits the button. No. Pops up in his mouth. He, no. And eats it. Wow. So I don't know what's up with this. I hope this has a payoff sometime later in the show, but now we're aware of it, and so we're going to see it every time. The only thing that I could think of was that it's something to do with, like, a rat in a cage. Like a Pavlovian kind of hit the button. Yeah, like in a... uh, um Oh, I... like a like a fish biscuit in Lost. Like a fish biscuit. Yes. Nice pull. Thank you. I was looking to go all psychological, but of course I can't remember the name of that box that they put animals in. Uh, Schrodinger's cat. No, 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 no. That that's the, that's something the, different. With the the like the Skinner fish tank box. Yeah, Skinner box. Skinner box. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the fish uh-huh. biscuit Skinner box. Oh, hey, uh, you know, I read a book about Schrodinger's cat. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you're supposed to ask me how... How How was it? (laughs) (laughs) I screwed that joke up. (laughs) Supposed to ask me if it was good. Was it good? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. (laughs) That was... Hey, congratulations, we have a new worst joke. It upsets last week's worst joke. (laughs) Yay, me. And the execution really, really sold it. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> oh man so <clears throat> let's finish up talking about this episode before we just kill someone with our comedy sure yeah um so the first segment um joel is a judge and commander cody's on trial for being bad yes um the only good part about this is that the awesome commander cody dolls back yeah yeah and also as a side note uh joel is apparently in as dire straits as uh we are up in his satellite because he used a claw hammer for a claw hammer for a gavel yes Yep. Well, you make do with what you've got. Yep. Um, so uh, then the uh, slime people, they actually start watching the slime people because uh, the Commando Cody judgment bit happened after that. Um, we we talked about you know certain riffs that hold up and don't hold up uh, in past shows, and I we came across one that kind of really stuck out to us. Mm. Um, they're... Uh, they're They're talking about the slime people and some sort of excretion or something that they make, and... Uh, and Joel comments, he's like, oh, it must be that new High C Ecto Cooler. Yeah. Yeah, Which... remember when High C Ecto Cooler was new? Yes. Yeah. That was an exciting time to be a child. It was. I was really excited about High C Ecto Cooler. Because I think before Ecto Cooler, the only flavors of High C was uh, Fruit Punch and Orange. Well, let's let's not let's not mince flavors of high C. After Ecto Cooler, the only flavors were Fruit Punch and Orange and different colored orange. Right. Yes. There wasn't anything really magical about the taste of Icy Ecto Cooler, just... I, that it was I, green. I can't tell you how many 
t-ball games i played and then had high c ecto cooler that parents brought god i want ecto cooler so badly right now i think uh we should we should do some research on the otter net i i remember coming across a while ago uh a, a homemade diy recipe for a high c ecto cooler oh my glob you don't need a degree in advanced chemistry um, I don't think so. I think that you, we could probably cut it with some of the uh, space station wine. Oh, and yay! It would be. Do something. you need to be an expert on paranormal activity? Um, the movie or the thing? Uh, no. The th- do you need to? <laughs> do you need to be very familiar with the um, study of ghosts? Uh, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, so I think we'll be all right. Plasm. Okay. The uh, the next segment, um, really meta segment. For MST3K. I mean, am I just... Like, sometimes they do meta segments, but this one was really meta. Yes. Yeah. Because they start just talking about how terrible the movie is and how thin the premise is and, you know, whatever. Just kind of essentially all the things we said at the beginning of this episode. Sure. And uh, then they... uh, Joel points out, and... I don't know. Let's let's talk about this real quick. Because I, I think this could be a philosophy that applies to all the movies that they watch in this show. Joel points out that the movie is intrinsically a triumph because it got made and it was terrible. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was a triumph for uh, the people it, involved? With it wasn't, movie? though, because they didn't get paid. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe well, they were, did you stop to think maybe they were in it for the art? I guess, and when when you're uh, hanging out, just arguing the aesthetics of art, you can't really say something isn't art just because you don't like it. That's true. Art is a wholly subjective notion. It, yeah. There's a lot of philosophy, but uh, I don't think that the slime people is art. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. That's an objective fact. Yeah. This is not art. This I mean, is bad movie making. Sure. And and Robert Hutton might say differently, but uh, no, I bet he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, this this was terrible. He's like, yeah, it was a thing I did. It was 1963. We did a lot of crazy things in the 60s. Yeah, I made we the had... slime people. Some people took ass. I came up. I came up with this idea called High C Ecto Cooler. Everyone <laughs> called me crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy Who's time. Laughing now. Well, uh, things got super meta when they're discussing. Uh, they're discussing, you know, the the merits behind art and things and. Uh, Tom Servo just starts pitching a new version of MST3K, but when they're trapped on an island instead of in space. Yeah. Which, I'm glad that they're trapped in space, because I, 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 I kind of imagine like a Gilligan's Island-style setup, but MST3K, and yeah. just, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well for me. No. Yeah, no, it doesn't, and I'm trying to imagine like what the bots would be made of coconuts. They'd be like... Maybe they'd be like talking like uh, tropical birds. Oh, like like the tiki room at Disneyland. Oh, now this maybe is a little different. Oh, oh or maybe a, one of them is a talking tiki, or one of them is a monkey. Wow, like with electric brain implants, so Yay. it can talk. Yay, oh, a parrot, I like that a lot. A talking monkey with electric brain implants. Monkey roll call, monk bot. I mean, can <laughs> monkey. Tom Monkey. Well, see, I'm yeah. not really very broad. They all have – they're all derivatives of the word monkey, but you get yeah. the idea. It could be Coconut Camera. Oh, Coco Cam. And the, the one that's like never makes fun of the movie but is just hanging out with them can be a, a walrus. Yeah, a walrus. So they're... Coconut Camera is walrus, a monkey, a parrot. <laughs> I like this. I do too. If we ever get back to Earth, we should we should pitch this. We'll call it uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful Island, Island Resort Theater, nineteen seventy two. It should also be set in nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. Just for you know a little bit of little little less safety in the boats and a little bit of extra uh, sideburns. You know, yeah, little side some mustaches. Yeah, mustaches and chest hair. Yep, I like Although it. that came back. I think Island Theater. Resort theater. I like it. Island theater, resort theater. Yeah. 72,000. 72K. That's what all the kids will be saying, our fans. Okay. I like it. Okay. So uh, 
so Tom Servo in the last segment pitched us our new show. Um, and then the, the next segment, um, the bots make a really thick fog on the ship to try and scare Joel. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a combination of two sort of garbage segments from earlier in the season that didn't work. It's a combination of the segment where the bots are trying to decide what is scary and what isn't scary. They yeah. st- apparently still have a uh, grasp of what fear is for humans. Right. And also the it's a combination of that sketch and the one where they played tag because literally it was just dumb. <laughs> that was one of my favorite segments not to watch but to think about. Yeah. Because I like to think that about what went into the meeting before that segment. They're like, we have nothing here, guys. Let's just play tag. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We'll just run back and forth across the camp. Or, or even thinking about it in the, in, the, in the context of it being in the fiction fills my heart with warmth because, mm. you know, they're just like – they get out of the theater and Joel's like, hey, guys, want to play tag because we have like five minutes? And they're like, yeah, yeah let's run around. I got energy. Yeah, And they just do. It's fun. Tom Server's hovering around. <laughs> You know, we could we could refilm that segment with Monkey and Toucan. Mm. I like this. And Coco Bot. And Coco Bot. Coco Cam. Coco Cam Bot. I can't remember. Just a coconut that doesn't do anything. It's just <laughs> okay. there. Yeah, but it looks like a camera. Right. Yeah. It has those it, little divots. So yep. that's where the lens would be. I love this. Um. <clears throat> anyway, in the final segment, uh, so Joel does kind of like a Martha Stewart thing. Yeah. He's uh baking a silicone diode pie. And uh, then he puts the pie on a windowsill and, and – or, sorry, he does the Martha Stewart thing where he uh, he's like, well, I, I'll put this one in the oven, but I have one I made earlier. And then he had like a <laughs> fake windowsill that yep. he refers to as a window shade, but they just leave it in. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? And uh, Gypsy ate the pie. Yep. And it was – Just like was, in uh, the 60s, hobos used to do. Yeah, or like Mickey Mouse would do anytime the smell finger carried him toward a pie. Right, Mickey Mouse was a hobo. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. A lot of people he don't was, know that's why road. he didn't have a shirt. Okay, and he had those big buttons because they were just hobo nickels. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, this is the first episode where they talk about the MST3K fan club. Yay! Which we're not official fans of. I wonder if we could write to them still. I mean, I realize we're in space, so writing is already like there's already a, an extra hurdle <laughs> to solve there, but. I wonder if that, that P.O. box is still active. I don't know. I'm so desperate to find out. Maybe somebody listening to this should try it. And yeah. And tell us what happened. Yeah. Oh, man, what if it's just some unhappy person who is just like, I'm going to move. It's a P.O. box. It's not going to do that. Yeah. And say if it were like a street address, that would be pretty great. That would be amazing. Cause I would move to that When we got house. back, we could go there. Oh, yeah, we could move there and live there and just get all the people sending us letters about MST3K. We'd be like, yeah, we know. Yes. And then when Santa Claus is put on trial, we could bring those letters to make a point. Sure. Just like a miracle on 34th Street. Right, or like they did in uh, the skit with Commando Cody. Right. (laughs) During this episode. Yeah. Hey, so uh, you know how we usually do a top five riffs from the movie? Yeah. Remember how we fell asleep? Yeah. So this week we're going to do top four riffs from the movie. Yay! Yay! Uh, so the number four favorite riff from this movie is uh, it comes from the Commando Cody short. Um, everyone's hanging out in a diner. Uh, some bad guys walk in. Immediately everyone starts fist fighting. Yeah, Tom Servo shouts, cups. hey, everybody dance! Yes! <laughs> I loved it. Uh, the number three top five riff of the four riffs is uh, when one of Commando Cody's cohorts is escaping from the bad guys. Joel does a bit where he narrates the scene, making like the escaping man is pretending to be a bunny rabbit, saying things like, come and get me, I'm a fuzzy little rabbit. I bring... <laughs> <laughs> I'm being bad. <laughs> he does it. I'm being so bad. <laughs> this is a little bit of a like a... Uh... Yeah, it's like a, a Looney Tunes kind of. Yeah, did I just say Looney Tunes? Yeah, sure, that exists now. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. You put it out in the zeitgeist. There mm-hmm. it is. The uh, our number two favorite uh, top five riffs of the four riffs of this movie. Um, in the slime people, the professor is trying to explain the existence of the slime people and starts off by saying, "Well, we know there have always been fish in the sea." And then Joel responds, "Oh, now that's a little far fetched. <laughs> that's science. 
<laughs> and the number one uh, riff that killed us both. Head and shoulders was, above. Yeah, this is one of the... I want to say this is one of the best single like riffs of the series thus far. Yep. But it's at the beginning, uh, in the opening credits, the camera's panning across a set of footprints on a beach. And Joel starts reciting parts of that old uh, religious parable saying, uh, I noticed that in most troublesome... <laughs> In the most troublesome times of my life, there are only one set of footprints. Uh, the hilarity, of course, of the scene is compounded by the fact that the camera pans up to a, a dead guy lying on the beach with a spear sticking out of his back. <laughs> it was uh, just the perfect. It was so it was, absolutely wonderful. It was there, like, scientists could spend hundreds of years trying to think of a better riff to go in that scene. And yeah. It, yeah, it was, no, it it was, was so the perfect, perfect riff. Yeah. And there's so I mean I think everybody can knows that footprints in the sand thing. Yep. Because everybody's yeah, gone to at least if it's not your grandma, it's your friend's grandma has that hanging up. Or in your their friend's house. grandma bought you a bookmark that has it on it. Yes. So and there's like a, a blue yarn tassel. Yep. On the so end you, of it. I guess so you can accidentally pull it out of the book really easily. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I don't know what other point the tassel serves. I don't either. But... Accidentally lose your place when. Reaching for a book. Yep. Hmm. Bookmarks. Man, I right? wish we had some books. Yeah, that'd be great. Maintenance manuals aren't cutting it anymore. No, I'm uh, so bored with with every piece of written material up here. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, so let's rate this movie real quick. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Um, I. Okay. I just there 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 are movies that we've watched so far where the movie has been okay and it was really early in the season the riffing wasn't very great and so yeah. it made for kind of a below average experience there have been movies where the riffing was okay but the movie wasn't that great and so it made for an, a like a bl- little bit below average experience and there have been great movies this is the first one where the movie was just so bad that we literally just talked about the perfect riff yeah. And that couldn't make this movie, like, it made the episode hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It um, I agree 100%. So I'm going to give this movie um, four, oh, one spear out of four dead guys on a beach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to give this movie, jeez, um, maybe a half a set of footprints as if a one-legged man, a one-legged Jesus was hopping down the beach carrying someone <laughs> very difficultly yep or maybe just throwing spears at dudes i don't know maybe i don't know what's happening maybe yeah hey uh so we got some letters this week i love letters yep well letters letters in the uh in the the way that people send us some stuff on on facebook it's one of the best ways to reach us it really is so uh the first one um, is is from Steve. He says, uh, oddly enough, I'm 45, but a bit young for the whole wood burning kit thing. My folks apparently once thought of buying me one, and then thought about little Steve with a soldering iron and thought better of it. Mm. Just as well, I was some sort of geek who played with those Radio Shack 151 kits with spring connectors. Oh, yeah, those I are so cool. I was wanting one of those. Yeah, no, those are amazing. I think there's probably about I don't know 100 of them up here. Oh, uh, like what? Yeah, I mean. There's a whole 51 spring, uh, 51 Radio Shack kit locker. Haven't you found that locker yet? No. Okay. After this is over, you're going to show me where the old timey vest locker is. Okay. And I'm going to show you where the 51 Radio Shack kit locker oh, is. Oh, wow. I'm going to start so many fires. Okay. And then uh, in reference to last week's episode, he said, uh, I'll never look at Portal the same way again. I mean, what if the weighted companion cube is an antagonizer on the inside? Sure, it looks friendly, but on the inside, it's all hate. Wow. Yeah, that I I like the idea of them being related. I do too. Like the companion cube was the one that you know went you know they 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 both you know they're always competing growing up. They're like twins maybe. Yeah, and the way the companion cube has features instead of just being a, a featureless cube. And yeah, the companion cube always had friends, mm. and the antagonizer cube just kind of hung out in its basement and like you know made doom mods. Right. <laughs> And then, you know, after they both went to college, and after college, the Companion Cube got the good job at Aperture Science, and the the Antagonizer Cube went on to just kind of... To listen to KMFDM. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for, thanks for just letting us spin that little 
wad of fiction. I like getting lost in our imagination. Yeah. Um, our friend James also hit us up on Facebook. He says, I've been trying to finish the slime people for a few days. I just don't get the slime people. We're with you, James. We, yeah. We get you. Uh, where I Joel, this movie probably would have broken me. Funny episode, though. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. It's Those are all truths. Truisms. James, you speak truth. So, uh, yeah. Um, thanks for everyone who uh, you know wrote to us, contacted us. You know, if you want to contact the authorities and see if they can help us, that would also be appreciated. But, you know, don't stop writing on our Facebook. Yeah, we like that. Morale is important. It's one of the only ways that we can talk to other humans. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and also uh, thank you to uh, our friends like Steve and uh, Ingrid, Jason, James, Kelly, Marissa, and everyone else who just kind of, you know, hit us up on Facebook this week. And also, uh, thanks for giving us some new likes. We uh, passed 100. Yeah. Yeah. That's a milestone if I've I, ever I seen think, one. I think that even if the Facebook group doesn't get us rescued, I think it's going to turn into a real cool place just to kind of hang out and chat. Yeah. So. I think people should uh, go and like us on Facebook. More more likes. Yes. Yes, please. And also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, too. You, you can do that. Yep. Um, like This Dustin or Extra Life Church or at Renegade Lemur or at James Hearts or at Mr. B Natural. At LOL underscore um, MST3K. Yeah, uh, lol. Lol. Lol MST3K. Also a good, a good account to follow. They like to, uh, you know, I've never seen them not retweet a MST3K quote that someone has posted. Yep. Which is amazing. I don't know how they do that. I don't either. But it's the best. So Diligence, um, yeah. I think. And we got a bunch of new followers this week, too. So uh, thank you for following us on Twitter. We are at MST3K underscore podcast. Yeah. So it's great. You know what makes us the most happy, Seth? What makes us the most happy? Mm-hmm. Um, together or individually? Uh, just maybe together in relationship to our in relation to our show oh well then it's whiskers on kittens uh well it's break copper kettles and warm reviews on itunes Mm. which uh we got wrapped up with string yep these are just one of my this is just one of my favorite it's just the most favorite thing it is. It is the most favorite. Um, we get we got kind of like one and a half reviews this week because one of them was uh, our, our friend JRB two six 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 who uh, he was actually one of the first people to ever give us a review, which is awesome. Yeah. And then he came back and was just like, because his first review is like, yeah, this sounds like it's going to be a cool show. I want to listen to it. And then like he came back and was like, actually, yeah, this is a really cool show. Yeah. So that's awesome. I start us up. Our yeah. star is on the rise. Yeah. Uh, hey, Seth, you know who else gave us an iTunes review? Who week? else gave us an iTunes review? Um, podcasting celebrity in in the court of podcasting. He is a prince, Mr. Justin McElroy. Oh, he is the, the clown prince of podcasting. He is. From, from My Brother, My Brother, Me, and Besties. And Besties. Oh. I don't, I don't know how he heard about our show, but he gave us a... I don't either, but I'm yeah. so excited and honored. And, and when I saw that he left us a review, it, it, it literally made the, my extremities tingle. Mm-hmm. Justin McElroy is an amazing person and has amazing podcasts. So. And he has amazing taste. Yes, he does. Obviously. Uh, clearly. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, thanks, guys, for leaving us some iTunes reviews. If uh, you haven't, you should be like podcasting celebrity Justin McElroy and leave us an iTunes review. Yeah. That would be that would be the coolest thing you could do today. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, who did. And we always really appreciate it. So, thank you. Ah. <sighs> I'm glad we did that. It took my mind off the horrifying realization that we were kidnapped by a lonely anime nerd, if only but briefly. It didn't help me forget at all. I have a photographic memory. Literally. Here, watch. Oh, jeez. Dispose of that photograph for the love of all that is good and right with the world. Well, my little droogs, does it please you to know that you are being held captive by someone who owns a Naruto hatband? No, it makes me really, really sad. Yes, I am also very sad. This may be the saddest I've been in a long time. Wonderful. Also, I should have mentioned earlier, but I intercepted an email to your Earth address, and your parents put down the beloved Cockle Spaniel you grew up with. That is sad, but... Yeah, not quite as sad. Today has been filled with emotional ups and downs. 
We spoke of breakfast conspiracies with Jeff. Then we were greeted with the joy of seeing Dr. Odd make a fool of himself for several minutes. That was a special time. But it ended when we learned that what we were perceiving as hilarious bumbling on the part of Dr. Odd was actually part of a deeper tear in the fabric of his psyche. It was truly difficult for us when we saw the dull, lifeless, oversized eyes of his anime pillow. Difficult for all of us to understand how he was able to take control over the lives of three beings when his own life is clearly such a complete and utter disaster. But I like to think we learned something today about ourselves, not just about Dr. Odd. I like to think that today we learned how sometimes it's not the overt and deliberate personality flaws that a person affects that can cause great strife, but rather it's the hidden side of their hideous nature that can inflict the greatest emotional trauma. Sure, Dr. Odd might be unethical in his scientific pursuits, but we can look past all that because he's also not very good at what he does. And we can make fun of him for that. But what none of us can look past is the fact that he falls asleep at night by dry humping a giant pillowcase. And truly, that is the greatest assault on our good nature he has offered up thus far. Nobot, who are you talking to? Uh, the audience. I'm breaking the fourth wall. No one is watching this. These are audio logs. You're just talking to a wall there. It's very unsettling. Also, you're a jerk. That's our Dr. Rod! like robots! Or us! <laughs>